0: This is Come and See from St. Andrew's Anglican Church for Sunday, October 18, 2015. The Gospel is taken from the book of Mark, chapter 10, verses 35 through 45. The message is by Father Ron Baird. In today's Gospel lesson, the disciples revisit an old conversation that we just heard about a couple of weeks ago. you think they would have learned the first time, but apparently they didn't. If you remember, a few weeks back, we had the lesson where they were arguing amongst themselves about who was the greatest as they traveled on the road back towards Capernaum. Well, still and apparently this is still a topic of discussion. I guess Jesus' lesson didn't calm that down. I can't imagine you would think that if the rector said something, everybody would just listen and fall into line, wouldn't you? But, Somehow that didn't happen in this case. Um, And so James and John, though, do decide they're going to take a very different approach than the one they had before. And so they come up to Jesus and say, Master, we want you to give us whatever we ask of you. And Jesus says, what do you want? (laughs) Seems like a wise question, doesn't it? And whatever, are you asking? And they said, we want to be seated, one on your right and one on your left when you come into your glory. Now Jesus is taken aback by this. He's going you don't know what you're asking for. You know, and quite honestly, if they did, they probably wouldn't be asking. What is it that they think they're asking for? Yeah, a place of honor in the kingdom of God, you know, because he's going to be the king of the universe. But that isn't really when he comes into his glory, is it? When does Jesus come into his glory? On the cross. And if you notice, he says those places have already been prepared or is set aside for those for whom it was prepared who are they the two thieves one on either side i suspect if james and john had known what they were asking they would have asked that question that way they would have said, let me rephrase that put it in a different way and so jesus uses this again as an opportunity to teach them about humility i think humility is probably the cardinal virtue That most Christians struggle with. Um, It's the one we need the most, and the one the one that we seem to be uh, the least inclined towards, because it really requires us to not care what other people think, and that's hard. You know, he tells the disciples that you know the Gentiles in the Gentile world, their masters lorded over them. Well, here we are, two thousand years later. Things haven't changed much, have they? (laughs) You know. They might have changed titles or whatever, now they're CEOs or um, you know, bosses or whatever, but you know, too often the, the people lord it over us, you know, all too often. You know, and that's really not what Jesus says makes you great. He says, in order to be the greatest of all, you must be the slave of all. Imagine what a very different world that would look like. We've seen some pictures of that in the world. It does happen from time to time, that a human being actually gets there. I know it's one that I've struggled with in my life. Um, I think I'm better at than I used to be. Don't think I'm quite perfect yet, but I'm still working on it. But, but there are some people who I look to, um, one of which is St. Francis of Assisi. St. Francis you know, was a wealthy young man. He was very good looking and very popular with the ladies. Um, was invited to all the right parties. His father was trying to set him up to be a knight of the sorts. And he was going to have a great life. And then all of a sudden he heard God and say, give away everything you have to the poor and follow me. And so anytime anybody would give him anything, he would give it away. drove his father crazy. His father finally disowned him for it. But he never thought of himself as important. As a matter of fact, he always talked about himself as the poor brother. I don't know if you realize this or not, did you know Francis was never ordained? You know, we always assume if they're saints, they had to be ordained, right? Because regular people can't possibly be a saint. I mean, <laughs> but he was never ordained. And yet, popes ended up going to him for advice. That's how impressive he was. And even in more modern times we've seen examples of people. Mother Teresa comes to mind as someone who, you know, always is serving. And somehow or other becomes great by not being very great at all. And she certainly matched it in lots of ways, didn't it? I mean, she was sort of um, small in stature, too. And um, she begged for the poor people of Calcutta um, to help particularly the lepers, but (laughs) others also. You know all the poor people there. I remember one time she got a lot of uh, negative publicity because um, there was they found out that the mafia was giving her money to help the poor, and she said she did not know where the money came from or what uses that had been um, or to what uses that had been given that money had been given before. But he knew they, she knew that now it was being used for a holy purpose, which was to help the poor. So she didn't really care, um, and nobody ever said anything after that. It kind of amazing. But another very humble kind of figure in our life who we admire greatly because of the fact that she um, wasn't very great at all. You know, she never did great things or lorded it over anybody. I think it's one of the reasons why uh, Pope uh, Francis is so popular um, in both uh, Catholic Church and in, in the Protestant world is because he, he's not like what we think of with popes. You know, we think of popes with their red slippers and their ermine capes and, you know, the whole bit. And this is the guy who um, goes and pays his hotel bill when he gets elected in person because he thinks that's what you should do. He's the guy that calls up his newspaper person and says, I'm not going to be there anymore. Did you all hear about this? Called him on the phone. Said, this is Pope Francis. I just want to let you know that I'm not going to be uh, taking the paper anymore. I'm sorry. And uh, the person didn't believe it was him. (laughs) Yeah, surely the Pope wouldn't call me to tell me he was cancelling the paper. But that was his responsibility. Why would he give it to someone else? You know, and, and I think that people admire that sort of being willing to, to not think so highly of yourself. And so in this lesson, Jesus is challenging all of us to strive to be more humble. Now, humility has a bad reputation in our society. You know, how many of you all like to eat humble pie? You know, it's a negative connotation, isn't it? In reality, we probably use a lot of it um, because humility is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. The word uh, hum- uh, humility comes from the Latin word humorous, which is not to mean funny, uh, but it's a, a Latin word humorous. And what it means is dirt, earth, groundedness. It means knowing who you really are. You know, that you are a creature. And and there's a reason why humility comes from the word dirt. Because what are we made out of? Dirt. From dust you were created to dust you shall return. So it's a reminder that we are creatures of the living God. And that he is the creator. And that anything that we do that is great is only to his glory. Because he enabled us to do it. And so Always we need to be reining our egos in. You know, and that's hard to do. All too often we get our, our pride hurt.